0: Every leader has a strategy. Executing on that strategy is the challenge. If you want to learn how to effectively achieve what you've set out to accomplish, then this show is for you. Gain keen insights and listen in as leaders share their stories and challenges. Soar Vision Group and the Baldridge Foundation welcome you to Leader Dialogue Radio. Hello, thanks for
1: joining us. This is Duffy Dixon with Business Radio X. With me is Ben Sawyer, the Chief Executive Officer of Soar Vision Group. Ben has more than 30 years of executive leadership experience with a strong record of accomplishment. He has significant guided strategy deployment experience, and he's worked with many clients to achieve dramatic, sustainable Operational performance and bigger and better outcomes. Joining us this week, and we always bring some great guests. I'm really excited for today. Joining us over the phone is Dr. Mark Crockett. He is the CEO of Verge Health. He also has been an emergency room doctor, so he's going to share a wealth of information. from his beginnings to where he is now. Also joining us is Lisa Council. She is the vice president of Verge Health and also an RN, a registered nurse yourself. Thank you for joining us. You bet. Glad to be here. Dr. Crockett, why don't you tell us a little bit about Verge Health? What do you do?
2: Happy to do so. Uh, Verge is an organization that works with hospitals on safety, uh, quality, and accreditation. So uh, keeping people safe in hospitals is, uh, is, our, is our primary uh, goal. We work with about 900 organizations across the country, including Robert Wood Johnson, uh, Barnabas Healthcare, uh, Banner Health, uh, Kaiser Permanente, uh, Cleveland Clinic, just to name a few. Um, and uh, our organization handles uh, in our software When an adverse event or a patient complaint or, you know, anything goes wrong in the hospital, we supervise all the investigation, um, coming to the insight uh, on what happened to create that patient uh, problem, and then we uh, get to a point where we are able to fix it. So uh, it's an exciting thing for a physician to be involved in creating systems that improve care, uh, and uh, and, and we have a wonderful organization. We're located in Charleston, South Carolina.
1: Interestingly, too, Verge Health is the co-sponsor of something we've talked about, the Healthcare CEO Innovation Council event. Now, that's in Chicago, October 18th and 19th. And the theme there is going to be performance excellence in the age of consumerism. Now, Ben, this is an exclusive event. This is the top of the top CEOs sort of brainstorming for two days. Explain that.
0: Correct. So we're inviting 20 health system CEOs to come and talk uh, openly and candidly in a roundtable fashion about what does it take to achieve high levels of performance excellence in this new age of consumerism? Because as we've talked about in previous shows, like with Dr. Peck, uh, consumerism is changing the game for healthcare. And I'm sure we're going to get into that today with with Dr. Crockett. So um, a reminder to the listeners that our anchor is always the visual baldridge, which is the organizational hierarchy of needs that's on the homepage of Leader Dialogue. So uh, those of you that are listening, if you want to uh, keep along with us on that, please please do that. And we have uh, Lisa Council here too. Lisa, do you want to just do a little introduction as to who you are, your background, and the Verge Health connection?
3: Absolutely. Um, so my name is Lisa Council, and I work for Mark. I actually run the East uh, organization for our existing customers as well as new business development. Um, so I have a team of people who actually support many of those like um, the Cleveland Clinic is a good example one of my customers and we are uh, again all about changing uh, and being transformational inside of healthcare, care really bringing high reliability to a to a state of healthcare care that we've never been in before so um, I am a registered nurse critical care nurse by background and have worked with Mark in a previous life which is how I ended up at Verge so um, yeah very excited and Literally, I was in the EMR space for about twenty years, and I'm seeing the space that we're in for quality and safety make that same transformation. Um, twenty years later, it's kind of scary that we're looking at safety and quality, um, and it's taken that long to really get us to the point that we are.
0: So, Mark, I want to kick this off uh, in a little bit of a different direction, based on some of the preambles that you and I had before we actually got on air. Um, you mentioned that Verge Health's focus is really on patient safety and. The whole notion of the Hippocratic Oath is first do no harm, right? And, and really drives foundationally what healthcare is all about. So, in this context of performance excellence, in this context of uh, the age of consumerism, can you just use that as a launch point and help the listeners understand the criticality of that for success in consumerism?
2: Sure, I'm happy to. You know, um, I think, you know, healthcare is, is rapidly changing right now. Uh, and a lot of that has to do uh, with exciting changes around how the payers are, are acting. You know, not to, be, not to be gross, but, you know, 10 years ago or more, under previous uh, payment models, as, an, as a doctor, you know, if I licked the scalpel and gave uh, you an infection during a procedure, I could bill you for the antibiotics and the extra days in the hospital, right. uh, which, you know, the Hippocratic Oath prevents us from doing that. Um, but it just gives you an idea of how the consumer, you know, the, the patient's best interest and the financial interest of the physician were not always in alignment. Just to you be know, clear, uh, Dr.
1: Crockett does not lick scalpels. Uh, no, <laughs> it, it, it is, it is simply an example. <laughs> but,
2: but, you know, you're only going to work so hard against your own business model. Right. And so, you know, I think that the page, you know, where the patient was not in alignment with physicians, that's, that's not something anybody wants. And so, you know, exciting changes that happened, you know, 10 years ago and more that are, and particularly over the last, you know, eight or so years, you know, in the payment model, you know, have, you know, we have accountable care, you have bundled payments, you know, all of these things where, you know, if you make a severe error in patient, you know, in patient care, you know, the government's not going to pay you for it. And the private payers are looking to incent people for quality and great patient experience underneath those kinds of contracts, you get an opportunity to, you know, you're, you're now aligned as a physician and as a hospital with the patient um, in keeping them safe. Uh, that is a wonderful change. It really is. Um, Cleveland Clinic, who's a current partner of ours, has done a lot of work around what are patients' expectations, and this may seem obvious, but, you know, as they studied it, you know, physician, you know, a, a patient's first um, and primary, you know, patient experience requirement is, you know, keep me safe. You don't want to take your five year old to the emergency department and leave worse than you came in because of a medical error. That is that permanently damages your patient experience in, in, in an age of consumerism and in new payment models, you know, that's primary role one is keep the patient safe.
0: Right. So that's then a heal
2: me and then keep treat me nicely when doing so. Right. So that unlocks all kinds of great innovations around, you know, responding to people and creating highly reliable, highly safe organizations.
0: Right. So let's go there next. So if the foundation is first do no harm, start with patient safety. Um, There is a lot of challenge in consumerism and population health and moving away from uh, fee-for-service to really fee-for-value that relates to efficiency and effectiveness within an organization, which really brings into play this entire organizational hierarchy of needs. So talk to us just a little bit about – that, both from the standpoint of what Verge Health is doing, but also just in general as a long time leader and physician in the healthcare space?
2: Absolutely. So, you know, um, first of all, being in, in an organized way, listening to the patient's voice is critical. So, you know, not just, you know, you know patient surveys, but, you know, we're doing things like patient rounding where we go and send leaders around in the organization to sit with the patients and say are we meeting your expectations across a wide range of things. Um, You know Cleveland Clinic measured 30,000 data points last month around these items. I mean these Mm -hmm. are really uh, an organized effort to understand exactly what people's expectations are and meet and exceed them. Uh, You know and then you know of course obviously making sure that when insight comes in And you find that there is a particular area that you are not meeting expectations. How do you organize all the action plans? How do you make sure that you understand the status of all the things that you have in flight in terms of projects in your hospital and organizing all all those? That's what Verge does primarily. Um, But, you know, this has been, again, a, a much more organized and systemic view. Right. A number of years ago, an uh, organization called Centara Healthcare started working on, you know, the comparison healthcare is an organ has not always been highly reliable. And so, you know, they basically took healthcare and started comparing it to some other industries in which high reliability is the focus. Know, high reliability organizations, you think of you know nuclear aircraft carriers, or you think of you know uh, of, of an, an airline industry. Right. There are some common themes. you know uh, first of all, the stakes are high. You know if you make errors in patient care, very much like if you make errors in in in, a, uh, in in running an airline, you have really disastrous consequences. the other another characteristic of these organizations is they're very complicated. You can have several hundred people taking, you know, having one individual part in taking care of a patient and getting them through, for example, something as complex as transplant surgery, making sure every single aspect of that is done reliably and consistently the right way. And if there is a failure in that process, that it's detected and fixed is something that, you know, an airline industry executive would recognize as the same kind of business activities. So a lot of what Birch Health has been doing is bringing some of those techniques into the conversation around not just safety and reliable performance, but in reliably listening to the voice of the of the patient and making sure that they're that the that the organization meets and exceeds those expectations.
0: All right. So I have a question for you and Lisa then in this regard because as I'm listening to you, Mark, it sounds like really the whole pillar of patient safety and all of its cascade down to the front line is essentially accommodated within the verge health structure is that first of all correct that
2: is correct absolutely it's our primary focus
0: all right so the next logical question then based on the imperative of this is how often is that anchored out of the c-suite in terms of their daily uh, execution activities or is it relegated to a middle level
2: it's interesting that you say that. So I think what we have is we have a bit of a binomial distribution in healthcare. There are some organizations, you know, like you know, some of the ones I, men- I mentioned, where at the very highest level of the organization, I'll give you, you know, one of our, one of our East Coast clients, for example, 15 hospitals, and the C-suite executives review every single um, high-severity failure of patient relations, of patient experience. Of patient safety. Um, awesome. Every single one of those that happens at 15 hospitals, they review that every single day. That is, that is a remarkable commitment to patient safety at the C-suite level. And based on the insights out of those reviews, they dispatch, you know, nursing leadership and other people to do, you know, audits and, and, and rounding and meeting with people. I mean, it's, it's at that level. Then we have organizations where patient safety still remains uh, sort of mid-level activity. And as you can imagine, the effectiveness of those organizations is is, is much more limited. So, um, you know, I think uh, we'd love to see it be a part of the this, of this C-suite uh, in absolutely every organization. And I think that it rewards organizations financially as well as reputationally to do so. So I think, um, and that's really, again, it all ties back to now that those organizations are seeing that, you know, when you have a high severity failure, you're not going to get paid for that, uh, for potentially that entire case. To give you a good example, Geisinger has announced that when they have a, a patient safety event, the physician or the the patient has the opportunity to pay any fraction that they want to um, of, the, of the cost of their care, including zero. Wow. Uh, so they're really committing at the very highest level of the organization to making sure that nobody has an adverse event i think that's admirable i think it's remarkable it shouldn't be remarkable you know it should be you know this this is all stuff that should have happened a long time ago but it's exciting uh, beyond words to see it happening in healthcare right now as we speak
0: right and i think um, for the listeners it's obvious that if an organization takes that level of commitment and risk if you will that they're getting a dividend from that
2: absolutely um, you know i think that uh again Healthcare is a services industry. Um, you know, margins uh, in that services industry might be 5 to 7 uh, percent in a really good scenario. And so when you have, you know, 10 or 15 percent of your contracts now as pay for performance contracts, where if you, you know, do a great job in patient expectations, in patient satisfaction, in patient safety, um, and in quality, obviously you have to do it well. Otherwise, you will not be financially successful. So, you know, one of the reasons I went into medicine is I really enjoyed the fact that there is both mission and margin involved. Right? Um, you know, you don't need to be highly, well, you know, I, I, I'm not sure the the lay's people would, would agree, but I don't think you have to be quite as highly reliable making potato chips. But, boy, do you need to be highly reliable when you're taking care of uh, people's children.
1: Lisa, you, you mentioned that you were an RN in critical care. For you, you know, he talked about people in the C-suite going over what went right, what went wrong. Did you find in your career that, that there was that commitment from the top? I mean, we've talked a lot on these shows. Whether or not you like it, and some leaders don't want to hear this, but ultimately it falls to the leader. It falls it, to the top chain, the ev- top part of the chain.
0: Everything happens in the shadow of the leader.
1: Right. So did you, do you feel that's something that is, he said, this is sort of new that, that
3: yeah, this is totally transformational. I mean, when I was clinically practicing, really all they cared about were the financials. Um, you know, do you have your charge master update? Did Did everyone you know charge for their supplies? We're seeing a really big shift where, again, C suite leaders are doing daily, weekly, monthly rounds. They're talking to staff. They're talking to to patients and families. They really want to get down to you know what's your experience? What What are the outcomes? You know, they've been very good at measuring healthcare outcomes. Um, but you know, in the in the age of consumerism, we're seeing a really big push for the patient experience side, which, um, again, as a critical care nurse, you know, I struggled like, I'm trying to take care of you. i kind of am not really worried if your daughter got a bath today, right? That kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, but again, we're in a different buying market. We're different. We're, we're different from a patient and a consumer perspective. Um, so yes, it's a it's a very much needed transformation that we're seeing. And um, you know, again, it's a long time coming. In my book, it just seems like it's um, taken a long time. But we are seeing large organizations, huge commitments, and executive suites who are really they're they're committed to this this new. Change.
0: So, Mark, just a quick question on this. Uh, we talked about how, you know, every organization basically lives in the shadow of its leader. Um, it, it is what it is. And one of the things that permeates the Baldridge and is represented in the organizational um, hierarchy of needs is effective leadership and persistent curiosity. Um, I know from having talked to Lisa that that has been something that has kind of marked you over your career can you just talk to us a little bit about that, first in the context of the impact on you developing Verge and the, model, the Verge model, but then also um, the implication of that in the broader performance excellence in the age of consumerism topic?
2: Sure. Well, I, you know, I think that um, I've been very, very fortunate to be involved in a number of organizations where we were um, Setting the new standard. Um, you know, my previous organizations on emergency department electronic medical records—you um, know, things where you know we were just converting hospitals from paper into EMR. Um, you know, I've been, again, fortunate to be involved in that discussion. Um, and you know, as a person with a lot of natural curiosity, um, you know, my, my parents were in, in, a, in a great measure responsible for that. Um, you know, going into healthcare there's so much that we have to learn every single day that it, it rewards you there right What's been really interesting here is that you know the, it's been the changes in the healthcare payment models in the way um, in people bringing new solutions into healthcare care, um, creating systemness uh, out of uh, what was you know really not, you know, a lot of what, uh, you know, a lot of what was focused on when I was training in in healthcare back, you know, ten or fifteen years ago. Plus, you know, a lot of what was focused on was your individual person personality, how smart you were, right. you know, how what your individual performance was. So right now, as we see healthcare's uh, healthcare starting to transform to an organization where people are building great systems of care, you know, there's just a it's a tremendously exciting time to have curiosity about what is the art of the possible you know i had uh, a, a good friend of mine who's a c uh, chief medical officer of a hospital down in southern california who told me you know we are tired of injuring the same patient every three years you know you work uh, you know you have a patient we have an adverse event not usually obviously not because anybody did anything on purpose all right, but you know because factors aligned and we had an error so we do a root cause analysis, and we understand exactly what happened, and we put a policy in place, and we educate everybody, and we focus on their performance and how we do things differently. Uh, and when they did that, uh, three years later, they had you know staff move on, and they had changes in the level of education of the new people coming in, and people had forgotten about the incident. And, you know, three years later, they had a similar incident. Um, right. And so, you know, at, at, at the point where they started looking at, can we create great systems, um, you know, they went after, you know, central line infections. And so they, they said, let's create a great system end-to-end around when we put a central line in, doing things differently and hard-coding that into the DNA of our organization. Um, five years later, they had not had a single case. They have redefined the art of the possible in terms of, you know, basically they had eliminated the expected complication rate from that particular thing. That is, you know, that is, it's a tremendous time in healthcare right now to be curious about what can we really do if we try and what can we really do if we change the system of how we deliver care. Love to be a part of that. um, And I think, that permeates our organization. Our uh, The Verge organization is a group of people, many of whom I've worked with before in previous organizations. All of them with a driving curiosity to what is the art of the possible in healthcare. And so, I think it's uh, it's part of the DNA of the organization, and, and, and that has to be a part of your leadership.
1: That's so encouraging, too, because I think in any business you're talking about, there is always, and healthcare obviously has been around forever. Um, I imagine you run into a lot of, well, we've always done it this way, or I know what I'm doing, let me, this is the way I do it. So getting systems in place can't be easy sometimes.
0: No, it isn't. And I love that phrase, by the way, um, uh, the art of the possible. Our version of that, uh, Mark, is under what circumstances could we? Mm -hmm. And it's a question that is uh, asked and answered because what it does is it, it pokes at the, well, we can't. We can't do that because we've always done it this way, that type of an idea. So, Lisa, weigh in on this. What, what have been some of your observations at Verge and then also in the broader health system about organizations uh, un- being able to unblock their thinking and approaches to be able to innovate?
3: Well, I wish that it were a little more pervasive in healthcare. I think people are still kind of struggling with the way they've always done it, but I'm seeing a big influx of. Uh, leadership and executive coming from outside of healthcare. So they're kind of breaking down walls and breaking down barriers, um, which is really good. And I think, again, kind of reinvigorating performance initiatives, whether it's Lean Six Sigma, um, you know, some other form of performance improvement. And hospitals kind of ebb and and flow when it comes to performance improvement. When they're looking for um, kind of a budget cut, they kind of go after that group, but then they realize we really need those people. And what I love about working for Verge is really we're about sustainability. How do we really come in and help organizations through services and solutions really have an ongoing, high reliable organization and not do the consultant peak and valley, which happens when you hire a lot of consultants. No offense to consultants, but healthcare organizations spend a lot of money in the consulting space um, only to be recontracting with those same players 18 months 24 months later so um, again you know I feel you know very proud to be working for Verge that we have resources that we can really help organizations do a lot of the heavy lifting themselves while we enable them and their initiatives with our technology so um, it's getting better again people are trying to trying to think outside of the box. Cleveland Clinic is a good example Uh, in kind of the accreditation regulatory space. We may have less than 10 people at a really large organization who own uh, regulatory and compliance, and they have a physician leader who he wants all thousand people inside of his organization to be regulatory and compliance experts. So with the utilization of our tools, they've been able to really put that into the hands of a much more you know broad audience so everyone can be accountable and responsible than just a small kind of nucleic group who really can't get as much accomplished, obviously. Right.
0: So there's two things I'm hearing both you and Mark talk about, and and I'm, I'm just going to call them out and then ask for your response again on on them. So... One of the things you just talked about, Lisa, is the peripheralization of improvement. And in the peripheral, peripheralization of improvement, what happens is the improvement is responding to a fire as opposed to being driven by a strategy. The The other thing that we, that you've been talking about is the consistent execution of what's important. And, and, Mark, you talked about that as we got started in the airline industry. It's why they ask you to they go through the seatbelt thing every day every time you get on a plane. It's not like people don't know how to fasten their seatbelt, but but it's so important to have the standardization. So talk to us a little bit about again what organizations have to be have to do to be successful to drive their improvement, their patient safety improvement centrally out of their strategy and then yeah. be able to make that very very consistent as an operating practice, not an option within the organization. Please speak to that. So,
2: I I think, um, you know, I'll I'll give you a great example. Um, I started working with um, a large national organization. Probably don't have uh, permission to share their name, but think about a giant orange sign that you buy all of your uh, materials to build in your home. (laughs) Have Um, no idea who you're talking about. No idea at all. (laughs) Uh, They have a lot uh, of patience because they have a lot of people who work for them, and they care very much about the people who work for them. And so, you know, they... They're a little bit mystified, Um, how is it that we don't buy paper clips from somebody that's not ISO certified and is able to give us that guarantee of quality, but we go to hospitals and no one is certified uh, on ISO. No one is willing to say to us that we are, as a part of our DNA, built to deliver quality. Right. And so, you know, I have hospital systems that I work with who are looking around the community and saying, strategically, if we want to increase the number of commercial lives that we cover, which are, you know, the highest type of revenue, how do we get organizations like that to preferentially send their patients to us? What's our strategy for it? Part of that strategy is patient experience, right? But part of it is bringing new techniques in um, ISO-like compliance into the hospital so that they can sit across from senior executives and organizations that are looked that are very used to iso techniques and say we're going to bring quality and quality is a part of our dna
0: right.
2: that is very you know that is about as strategic as it gets for these organizations again that are operating at a five to seven percent margin
0: yeah, that's a great so, example. You know,
2: we see a wonderful, you know, again that aligns with what the patients want. They want reliably to go in and be treated well and to make sure that they are they're given the highest quality care, very much like they might buy a hammer and make sure that it's made out of the best steel.
0: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Lisa, what what's your thought relative to that same thing, in other words, the standardization and then making sure it's driven out of strategy, not just reacting to fires.
3: Yeah, we in healthcare are really good at creating what the standards and the protocols and the burning platforms should be, but it's the execution side that I think we fall down on. Um, and it's really kind of that ongoing, you know, daily or um, some sort of structure around, you know, making sure that everyone's on the same page, which again, Mark mentioned rounding in our world. Um, trust me rounding's been around a really long time people have been doing huddles for a really long time but have you really been doing it with intent you know right. rounding for you know some goal and that you're being measured against that and again everyone being measured um and having transparency inside of the organization so um yeah i think that uh, again organizations not just healthcare, we put a blueprint out very well but we often have a hard time building the house
0: right yeah, makes sense. So, Mark, we're going to be moving towards close of this particular show, but I wanted to just give you the opportunity to kind of put a capstone on this uh, discussion, and then we're going to go to to Duffy for the close.
2: Sure. Well, you know, enjoyed uh, the conversation. You know, I'm happy to see healthcare getting that kind of uh, you know the kind of exposure, um, and I think you know healthcare needs to be a, a part of the infrastructure for large organizations across the country. Um, i'm here to say that you know it, it, we have great organizations that we work with down in Georgia that are bringing a brand new view of of quality you know not just Georgia but obviously nationally but you know particularly in your neck of the woods people can uh, demand great care they can demand great quality and they should particularly at the enter- at the enterprise level we are excited to help hospitals with the with strategically uh, getting to those uh, those people so do not be afraid to demand
0: the best in quality. Yeah, and that's and about all I have to say. Yeah, thank you. And by the way, that is exactly what the Baldrige is all about. They they've created a performance excellence framework that's now been in existence for 30 years for that particular purpose, which is to to give a reference and a set of standards that every organization can excel against. So, Duffy.
1: Uh, the great Dialogue, Great discussion here. I really appreciate both of you, the fact that you've, as I said at the beginning of this, have served on the front lines and then are now trying to get companies on board. This is really exciting. I think for everyone, I think you said it best, Lisa, this is a long time coming, but it's it's encouraging. Thank you for joining us on Leader Dialogue, presented by Sore Vision Group and the Baldridge Foundation. Thank you, of course, to Dr. Mark Crockett and Lisa Council, both of Verge Health. Remember to tune in every Friday at 1 o'clock Eastern time to listen to our live weekly broadcast. Now, if you want to hear this episode again or any of our previous episodes, visit Leader Dialogue slash podcast. On behalf of Ben and our producers, Mike and Trey, I'm Duffy Dixon. Join us next time on Leader Dialogue on Business Radio X.